listening to Open Mic Friday on Law and Gospel on this March the 6th in the year of our Lord, 2020. What does it mean, an open mic? It means you can take over the mic here at KFUO and ask any question to me, Pastor Tom Baker, of a religious nature, and I will attempt to answer it if there is an answer in the Bible. I might not know the answer. There may be an answer in the Bible, and I'll talk about it on Monday then. What's the numbers you can phone? In St. Louis, you just dial 821-0850. Anywhere in North America, 1-800-730-2727. And you can be talking about anything that we talked about this week. Uh, we had, a, of course, a Bible study. We looked at a hymn. We did a, a particular passage from the Bible. And yesterday with Wes Reimnitz, we took a look at the coronavirus. And we're really giving some points about how it's being reported and also what some, well, pastoral folks are doing. For, for example, uh, I was uh, listening to another radio station that said the media is really making this sound worse than it is. And they suggested that's because of who the president is right now. Anything that they can do negative towards a president because saying he's not doing enough to overtake this uh, problem, uh, that's why you're hearing things sounding worse, as though we're burning bodies in the streets. Now, I'll tell you, there's been a lot of illnesses uh, over the years, and some even here in the United States that killed a number of people. Look at how much the flu is killing so many more people than the coronavirus at this point. Now, there is no doubt uh, a safety thing that you need to tell people how to prepare. I was just looking at an item on the Internet where it was saying how you put your mask on makes a difference as to whether or not you'll be protected from the coronavirus because it, well, you can get it through the air. Uh, that's why airplanes are one of the areas they're concerned about because air doesn't get out of the airplane. It just keeps circulating. So if somebody has it, uh, there's a good chance you're going to breathe that same air. And Issues Etc. had an excellent hour talking about, well, what are we going to be doing with the Lord's Supper? Uh, is it uh, possible that there have to be some changes in how the Lord's Supper is distributed? There is one denomination, for example, that has a lengthy spoon. Uh, they put the wafer on the end of the spoon, dip it in the wine, and then give it into the mouth of the communicant. Then they use the same spoon for the next wafer, etc., etc. So some people really believe that it is impossible to get sick from the Lord's Supper. But we had a uh, doctor at Concordia Seminary, St. Louis, who was giving an example where someone had bleeding in the mouth, and they 
you know, just a tooth problem. That's all they had. But an individual who had AIDS also had bleeding in the mouth, and that person caught AIDS by taking the Lord's Supper. Now, there are other examples of greater problems with sickness, but the church is taking a look at this right now, and the church that I belong to, St. Paul de Pere, doesn't even offer the common cup. Everyone takes it in the individual cups. And there are some theologians who say, well, that's wrong because Jesus used one cup. Well, that's not correct because each of the disciples had their own cup. And so it's, it's really not easy to say that everyone drank from Jesus' cup. They could have picked up their own cup. Uh, that was in front of them for the Passover on that Monday, Thursday. And therefore, there were individual cups, in a sense, even there. And I've often said, if you only are able to use one cup, then you can't keep refilling the goblet. You'd have to have a huge cup so that everyone in the congregation would drink from that. Once it's refilled, well, that's another cup. But that's really a discussion, uh, not so much for law and gospel today as it is for those who are really interested in talking about worship and the methodology in communing. I don't know of any pastor who, when they go to a shunning, takes the common cup. We, we have items that often are bought from Concordia Publishing House with mine has four individual cups in it a place for the wine and a place for the wafers. And uh, that's how we distribute the Lord's Supper, uh, not through the common cup. But if you want to ask any other questions about the coronavirus, the thing we were talking about yesterday really comes from the Heidelberg Disputation, as Wes Reimnitz pointed out, uh, between the theologian of glory and the theologian of the cross. Luther says there's two kinds of theologians, and those are the two. The theologian of glory, which I like talking about as a theologian of self-glory, they figure out how God looks at them by looking at their experience. And you're hearing that a lot today uh, among people who are uh, frightened of the coronavirus or know someone who's come down with it, that frankly, why would God allow something like that to happen? It's really the question of suffering. And we have no way to answer that, why God allows suffering for some people and others have a pretty good life in the sense that there's no real persecution or suffering I mean, I'm a pastor of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and I still haven't felt persecution like Christians overseas in Muslim areas are feeling. Nobody's threatened my life. Nobody comes to the house uh, to uh, hurt us. So persecution is often maybe somebody writes a paper against us. And in this day and age, what with Twitter, Facebook, you can have ugly things said about you, but I always remember sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but words never hurt me. And so you just 
brush them off because it's coming from somebody who doesn't understand the reality of the situation. But this is a, a wonderful example of the distinction between the theologian of glory and the theologian of the cross. Do you want to know how God regards you? Then you look to the scriptures. Now, how does that tell you how God regards you? Well, it's kind of like parents to children. How do you know your parents love you? There's one area of experience that can really show you that, and that's whether or not they keep their promises. I was watching a detective kind of story last night, and a young boy was, uh, he was only 14 years old, but uh, the police arrived at the house. He had a shotgun pointed to his father, and he was going to shoot him because he had made a deal with his father. If he got an A in a course, I don't know what the course was, but if he got an A uh, in the test, that his father was going to allow him to drink a beer. Well, he got an A, but his father thought he was so dumb that he wouldn't be able to get an A, and so he said it was against the law to give him a beer, and he wasn't going to give him that. Well, the son wasn't happy with that. He ended up actually shooting the father. Uh, it was just in the arm, so the father lived, but the policeman had to shoot the little boy uh, so he wanted to continue shooting the father. And it was kind of a very interesting situation there where somebody was expecting that their father wasn't keeping his promise. And therefore, he was really angry. And it was just, um, it was a movie, of course. It wasn't a, a, a news kind of thing, but it was something to kind of take a look at. People just... Their experiences rev up in their minds as a way of getting even. Uh, yesterday, I believe it was in Los Angeles, there was a Mercedes, and they had this on video that a uh, truck, for some reason, either had hit the Mercedes and tried to get away or something, and the Mercedes driver was just banging his car against this old truck trying to get them to stop again and again. And they were talking about it as road rage, although nobody at that point knew how the thing had started. But road rage is pretty common. A lot of my driving, putting on about a 1,000 miles a week, going to four congregations as well as driving for Uber, uh, coming like I'm in the studio here at KFUO right now, and it's not at all unusual on these two-lane roads where it's really difficult to pass, especially at night, that I'm going the speed limit and somebody really comes up behind me and starts flashing their lights either for me to speed up or to stop and let them go around or something like that. And you can just see people really have a very short temper. And it's not at all unusual to see in the paper that individuals are actually shot at because their driving doesn't satisfy the person behind them. So this is individuals who are theologians of self-glory. They want their way. And when it doesn't happen, well, guess what? 
then they feel that God isn't taking care of them. We may talk about that on Monday's Law and Gospel because the people in Israel are going through the wilderness and they are getting thirsty and there's no water. And so they demand water from Moses and Moses goes to God and says, you know, I think they're going to kill me if we don't give them water. And a passage later on indicates that they say, is the Lord no longer among us? Now, there's a perfect example of a theologian of self-glory, somebody who looks at their experience and jumps to the conclusion, the Lord is not among us. You may feel that way sometimes, where you pray to the Lord, and it takes a while for him to answer, if he answers at all, to your satisfaction. Because the Lord always answers to our good from his point of view, not to our satisfaction from our point of view. And that, of course, is true even when it came to Jesus. You know, Lord, remove this cup. And no, he still went to the cross because that was what the Holy Trinity had decided from before the foundation of the world. So if you have a question for me, don't hesitate to call at 821 0850. That's if you're in St. Louis. And uh, elsewhere, 1 800 730 2727. That's 1 800 730 2727. Now, it's a nice day outside here in St. Louis, so. People may be walking their dog or just outside on a bicycle or relaxing and such. So if you're still available, though, and would like to ask me a question, don't hesitate to do so. Uh, A lot of people kind of become depressed or their personality gets changed because of their environment. Is that happening to you? Are things happening in your life that you didn't expect? And you're kind of wondering, oh boy, what is God doing in my life? Is he really around or not? And a lot of people are concerned about the coronavirus, thinking that this means God isn't kind of watching out for me. Okay. Let's go to the phone lines right now, and we're going to speak with David. Hi, David. You're on the line. Hello. Hello. Um, How can I help you? Well, maybe I'm going to make a few comments that maybe you can expand on it a little bit. Sure. In regards to um, suffering and not just the corona, but the recent tornadoes in Tennessee, I, I look at I think God gets a bad rap while people say, why did he let this happen? And, you know, when I read the book of Job, it said God permitted the devil to take a whirlwind to kill Job's uh, sons and daughters. And it says the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. And I don't know. I don't have all the answers why there is so much suffering like the Holocaust and and nature natural suffering, but I do feel that God gets a bad rap because people blame him for it. 
instead of uh, the father of lies. And maybe you can expand on it a little bit more on the radio and maybe talk about it just a bit. Okay, I certainly shall. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. Okay, what I would say about that with Job, when my son died in a motorcycle accident, boy, you wonder why did God allow that? Uh, he obviously was a Christian, was in church all the time, uh, believed in Jesus Christ, but then he was in heaven. And Paul says, far better to be in heaven, but as long as the Lord wants me to be here to serve you, I'll be glad to do that. that that's really quite something different. And the fact of the matter is, is that Job's, uh, uh, yes, Job's children would have been saved at the moment of their death because, like Job, they were believers in the true God. So looking at it from God's point of view, sometimes he just takes people to heaven unexpectedly. Yesterday, uh, last night, I was preaching at a congregation, and there were two women in the congregation, both whose mothers had left this veil of tears recently. We, we prayed for both of them. And what did we pray for? Uh, not that their mothers would return, but that they would be comforted by knowing that their mothers, who were believers in Jesus Christ, were now in a place that they would trade nothing to come back for because they were in bliss. And we were comforted by the fact that we would be seeing them soon again. So that's really kind of an important thing to keep in mind. No doubt about that. Suffering, if you compare any suffering you have to that of Jesus Christ on the cross, your suffering falls way short because he was totally innocent. He was suffering for others, not for anything that he had done. And so it's really important to understand that from God's point of view, Romans 8, 28, all things will work together uh, for those who truly love God. And as I look back over my life, I don't see any kind of suffering I went through, etc., that didn't work out in a way, sometimes I didn't expect it, but I saw that God was keeping his promises. And even in those occasions when I can't figure out why did God do what he did, I still am comforted by the fact that he did keep his promise. I know that through faith, not through experience a lot of time, but through faith in the words of the promises of God. Let's go on down to the uh, next caller. Uh, hi, you're on the air. I'm Tom Baker. Who's this? Hi, Pastor Baker. My name is Daryl Magruder. Oh, Daryl, um, go I'm ahead. Hi, I'm just calling from Hutchinson, Minnesota. Um, I, I was calling in regards to, there was a book that I believe that you and Pastor Reimens brought up yesterday um, by a professor within the Concordia University system about... Um, how the elements within Revelation are um, are always available to cause destruction or famine at any given time. 
And I, I was curious if that if that rings a bell to you. Perhaps I'm not bringing it up correctly. But no, no, no. That I, I was thought, the book by Professor Brighton. Uh, I had him for a couple of courses. And uh, after I left the seminary, I came back. I did 60 more courses after I had graduated because I was living in St. Louis. And they were kind of free because I had field workers. And Lewis Brighton had written the commentary on Revelation. It's available from Concordia Publishing House. And it was a book that I rarely preached on because I didn't understand it. And he really helped me to understand it. And that's where he makes the kind of comments that you were uh, suggesting. That there is no time in the history of the world, once Jesus said, what are the marks of the last day, that those marks weren't being met. Very good. Thank you for your help, sir. I appreciate it. And thank you, and you can really uh, get that book from uh, Concordia Publishing House. I think we've got time for one more. Let's talk to Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Pastor Baker. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you were talking about um, suffering and grieving, and um, I was reminded of this article that I read uh, by Arthur Just that was published uh, by Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, for the life of the world. And his uh, article was, The Lord's Supper as Pastoral Care for the Newly Grieving. And uh, he says, he makes the comment, When we gather together in our worship here below, in holy communion with the flesh of Jesus in our liturgy, Christ is present, and with him are the angels and archangels, and all the company of heaven. And in the article, he says uh, he's talking to parents who lost a 13-year-old son and that they can be reminded that he is with them when they come to the Lord's Supper. Yes, in fact, that's part of the prayer for the Lord's Supper with angels, archangels, and the whole company of heaven. That's where uh, a doctor just got that from. And there's no doubt about it that the way that we participate in the life of uh, the newly departed uh, from this veil of tears can be through the Lord's Supper because they're also at the feet of Christ right now in the spirit uh, waiting for not only us but also for their bodies to be reunited. So I think Arthur just makes a very good point that the Lord's Supper is a great comfort to those who have lost lo loved ones in the faith. Thank you for uh, thank, your program. Thank you so much for calling. Yes, we, uh, Issues Etc. keeps talking about it. It has the smartest listeners, but some of them must be coming over here because that was a very good point. Uh, the way you learn more about the Bible is by reading and listening to what people are saying who are trained in the areas of exegesis, that means the Greek and the Hebrew, the Aramaic, and also in the area of worship. Uh, Arthur Just is really a professional in that area, and they can help you to understand how really important is divine worship. Every, every time I go into divine worship, and I have another pastor with me who, who may be doing the liturgy, I'm doing the sermon. I always have a prayer 
thanking God that he is the one who's going to be leading the worship through Jesus Christ. We're just his voice. Even when we do infant baptism, God is just using our voice, his promises, and our hands to apply water into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so, yes, uh, a number of us are thinking about what has happened with recent tornadoes, how many people quickly die because many of them were asleep, and the scare of the coronavirus. But God is still in charge, and he will not let anything happen to you personally that he will not work out for your good. And not only that, he always has a great reason in doing these items. A lot of times we may not be able to figure it out, but we're basing it not on our experience, but on the promises of God. That's the distinction between the theologian of self-glory, who's always trying to be like Eve and Adam were, trying to be like God, in contrast to we who are part of creation and give glory to God. And we'll give more glory to God this coming Monday when we take a look at the lessons for the following Sunday in Lent. Till then, God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.